0: For something to put a smile back on your face, just remember in unusual times it can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, because everybody needs Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience.
1: Do you not want to wait? Neither do we. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Uh, Jessica, if I said I was good, then that would be
2: insensitive. If I said it was bad, I would be a downer. Um, I'm, There's no winning. I'm mid. Mid? Mid. What the hell is mid? Mid is like you're, is not, this good, a new but you're thing. not bad.
1: Is this Maybe. is this a new thing with the teens? Maybe are the teens Maybe. saying this? Ugh. Do you like it? Um, I f- it sounds like a teen thing. It sounds yeah. like one of those things where they like shorten words for no reason, yeah. and then you're just supposed to assume like, oh, uh, you're you're supposed to know what that means. Yeah, Mid. I I think that's
2: essentially what it is. Yeah. Because, okay. I mean, to be honest, it's like a good thing because, as we've realized from the Barney documentary that you and I watched, <laughs> it's bad to be overtly positive over the time. You can't be positive
1: all the time. All bad the things time. happen. But
2: nobody really wants you to be a downer all the time.
1: Yeah. So you have to be mid. You have to well, be. Well, I'll say that. Some of this episode works for me and yeah. some of it really doesn't. And we'll right. get. So to you're, that mid. you're mid. You're no, mid. I'm more. I don't know. I feel like yeah. mid feels more apathetic where like there's not feelings. Like I have right. feelings, but they bounce up and down. You know yeah. What I mean. Yeah. The only thing
2: that I am clearly feeling for. I feel for Dawson because I relate to Dawson. So yeah. what Dawson goes through, I go through. Um, in a way, so I kind of follow his journey and I really like what they did with Dawson in this episode, but in terms of like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of felt like the little flashbacks were a little hokey hokey.
1: Okay. I'm glad you said this because I totally agree. Some of them I thought were better than others and we'll get to which ones worked and which ones didn't. But I also totally agree with you. We're in agreement here. I loved what they did with Dawson and how they showed his grief, how they portrayed his grief. And like, we've talked about this before on this podcast on others, like the the difficulty with grieving and how people may expect you to grieve one way and all grief is okay. However, you're grieving, as long as you're not hurting others, you know, that's acceptable. Um, and so I love that they showed how differently Gail and Dawson were handling things. And like, the, I feel like this is also very common, Sarah. Obviously you're not uh, a male, but I do think in this instance where you have Dawson is the eldest child. He is the only mm-hmm. boy in the family. His father dies. He is of a certain age where he is expected to hold it together to be the not not this is not the olden days where it's like be the quote unquote provider no but but in
2: a way in a way Dawson feels like it's his responsibility to take on that role yeah I watched him throughout the episode like even certain things like when Gail was like oh we need to go get more milk Gail wasn't like I'm gonna go to the store and get more milk she was saying it as in like Dawson you gotta go get more milk
1: Right, And it's
2: like, it really, like, Dawson, like, ho- holding the baby, he said that that was for his advantage because people really didn't go up to him at that time. But a lot of these things, like, he really did take on the role of, like, man of the house really, exactly. really quickly. And I really felt for him. Um, another interesting thing that I think that this episode did really well was um, kind of on the opposite end, seeing how different people react to other people's grief we saw yes, yes. a number of different ways realistic ways seriously that people handle having people in your surroundings with that just are dealing with loss and some better than others right and it's really interesting because it is like such a hard thing and um you really don't know what to say so
1: sometimes you kind of just say nothing or say too much well I really and we'll get into everybody's different approaches but I really appreciated that Jen just straight up says like I don't know what to say to you like I think her being honest may be better than her putting up a front or trying to act like she knows what to say and her just saying I don't know what to say to you like I can offer you a hug like I don't I don't know what to say to make this better for you. I think that that honesty is so much better. And you, I mean, you could tell me you've experienced this type of loss and you can relate to it more than I can. But like, I feel like saying something like that is leaps and bounds better than saying like, oh, they're in a better place. Like, mm, you know yeah. what I mean? And maybe that's works for some people. Like I'm not shaming anybody. If that phrase made you feel better and gave you comfort, who cares, right? But I think that, like, something like that can come off a not in a great way, especially, I think, with Dawson dealing with a loss that he was not prepared for. Not that you're ever mm-hmm. really prepared, but, like, it was very sudden. This was not – his right. dad was not ill. Is very different. And so, um, yeah, I really loved that we saw all of those sides. It's a really difficult episode in terms of it's, – it's fully all centered on the grieving process and Mitch's death. But – um, I kind of like Sarah that we we found we talked about this last podcast how it was the actor's decision he wanted to leave the show he felt like you know the storylines were moving away from the adults and more towards you know Dawson and his friends which makes sense um, and he wanted to pursue other opportunities I liked that they kind of gave him like a final send-off episode um, yeah you know they didn't have to do that but I felt like for the good of the characters and the good of the show I felt like it was nice to kind of get that
2: yeah, I guess I wasn't really expecting Mitch to show up as a ghost throughout. it. It's not even yeah. a ghost. It's like the ghost of his memory. So it's a yeah. little bit more uh, cere- cerebral than just a typical ghost. But um, yeah, I I, I I liked that the actor got um, his due. I guess if I had to make it a perfect world, what I would have preferred it's tough because I really like the stories that came out of the flashbacks. I really like them, but um, because I think it's important. Like, I think it was really important um, to learn that obviously Mitch was the one that gave Dawson his first camera, that um, Mitch was the one that taught PC how to drive because his dad was unavailable, that Mitch was the person of comfort for Joey because um because as we know like mr pot dot dot earth like kind of a screw up and he kind of was like one day he'll get his head out of his ass but if not i'm here for you so it's like i like all the moments that they showed i guess what i would have probably preferred is hmm, if they either got younger actors to portray these flashbacks or if they were in a circle story like if they were all hanging out and being like I remember, remember that time.
1: time yes when and then maybe have like a flashback but yeah um, I'm 1000% yeah. with you the and we'll get into which one I think is the most egregious but I'm with you I think you have to either get younger actors uh to portray flashbacks or have had them chatting about it I I really didn't like the way they like the the mechanism they employed to do these yeah. like Mitch flashback moments but let's Dive yeah, into we'll the episode into here, because yeah. we got a lot to talk about. Uh, Season 5, episode 4, The Long Goodbye. Um, We start off at Leary's Fresh Fish, and we just see a sign on the door that says, Closed due to death in the family. Um, right. And we get, like, this long montage of just, like, empty rooms in the house. And it's really kind of sad. It feels like everything is just... Stuck almost, you know, like everything kind of is standing still as they're going yeah. through this. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of like everything is
2: kind of in its place. Like Mitch's tie is probably still on the back of the chair, and the bait, it's like everything is in a way definitely frozen in time, except that everything has changed. Um, yeah. and we kind of see Dawson right away cleaning some dishes and. Baby Lily is crying and once again, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, he feels like it's his responsibility to handle this thing because Gail is obviously grieving and right, you, you know, it's hard enough to be a, a new mom again for the second time, have a young baby and then lose the father and you lose your half your support system and she's
1: she's kind of in bed grieving a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. we really are seeing Dawson just take control of everything. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about... Because we get the montage where, like, uh, kind of panning across different family photos. What did you think of, about them not doing the normal theme? I assume this was how it originally aired, because this is how HBO Max is. Like, I'm watching mm-hmm. HBO Max, how it's showing to, showing to us. How did you feel about this different song they chose? So it's the same song, Just Slow
2: Down, right? I... You know what, I, it's not that I liked it, but I did appreciate, uh, kind of, I remember when we went from, like, my hand is in my heart to I don't want to wait, I was like, this is yeah. so jarring, and the thing is, is like, it is a very zesty theme song with a lot of oomph, so I kind of appreciate it, because to go into, like, I don't want to wait, is so, it would be been a so lot. jarring, so I kind of appreciate the move, because... I mean I've never even I don't know have you ever heard of another show Using this sort of Remix of the theme song During a sad episode
1: No I don't think so and Not to my memory I mean obviously We've moved away For the most part besides you're kind of like Game of Thrones Type stuff from really long Intro songs um, but I can't Think of of any I agree With you I feel like it would have been a little jarring To go right into I don't want to wait After all that um it's like a really somber way to start the episode and then to jump into more of a like upbeat song would have been a lot um but yeah I I think it's interesting I think it's a choice you know like yeah. I I don't this I, I I feel very like like you said mid on it like I don't I don't have strong <laughs> feelings on this um yeah. yeah but then we jump into Dawson seemingly hand- handling the um funeral arrangements and, um, so the, the guy is asking him like, oh, how's your mother holding up? He says she cries a lot. He asks, how about him? He says, it's a really weird question. I feel like, uh, if I give a long answer, people get really uncomfortable. Um, and he's like, I guess you're an old pro at this. And so he has to pick out a coffin for his father. And he's just like that one. Um, you know, he just, he points to the guys like good choice. You know, this is something that I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how often I've seen episodes of television when we're dealing with a death, um going through the funeral process. At least um the very traditional, I would say like traditional Catholic funeral services. Obviously every religion, every person has different wishes, but um you're very traditional like as I know it funeral services and like how daunting that must be for, um, for Dawson here. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, Sarah, but like, it feels very overwhelming to me to picture a kid in, in college being the one trying to deal with this. I have yeah a little bit of like, um, uh, secondhand experience where I was dating someone who lost his father. And his mother had already passed earlier. So he was kind of left dealing with it all at a very young age. And to be honest, I do feel like sometimes they can get taken advantage of, you know what I mean? And Mm. upsold on a lot of these funeral arrangements that like, um, maybe aren't necessary or you're just, you're in a fog and you're just trying to push through, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's a fair point. Um, I, I know that when my dad passed away, I was separated from that process a little bit Um, and I know like my uncle my mom dealt with it and also um, as I've talked about multiple times before like I'm of Jewish descent so the way that we do it is quite different from um how other religions do it or how uh they do it the, how we see it in here but i mean like ultimately it's a lot of the same it's like celebrating the life and then right always a congregation back at the house which involves food we didn't see a wake here which is kind of like the main difference between um more christian-based religious yep. um funeral practices and jewish-based Religious practices like um, Judaism, we—it's like you kind of bring them back to the earth as quickly as possible, while like they—they they don't do a, a a a wake type of situation in mm-hmm. the Jewish practice. But um, yeah, I'm going to try to be as like as respectful as I possibly can. Like to be honest with you, I feel as though, especially being so young, having to deal with all of this my views on it is a little like it's a lot. It's a lot. It's um. I just feel like it's it's sensory overload. It's just I feel as though I'm all for a celebration of life. But even seeing like a hundred people in your house after yeah. the funeral to me personally. And we did it like we it happens all the time. Like it's called sh- sitting Shiva in the Jewish religion. And it's every day for like a week like people mainly men because in judaism religion religion in general come together and do prayers um once a once in the evening every day for a week and it's a lot it's just like i i don't know like a part of me it's like i want i understand having people surround you but also it's just like
1: having to host it's people yeah just feels like When you're grieving, it's, it's a lot, right. You're dealing, I think everyone, like you said, I think everyone deals with it differently. Maybe some people find comfort in being around loved ones in that time. Um, and some people probably want to be alone and grieve alone and not feel like I'm not only dealing with grief, but I'm now setting that aside to host a big party, essentially not a party, but you know what I mean? It was a gathering. Um, Yeah. yeah, I totally understand. I think there's like also different ways to look at it as, um, Like I know COVID um, changed things for a lot of people, changed the way funerals were done um, because not everybody could gather, um, you know, during that time to, to mm-hmm. kind of grieve. And so it maybe prolonged that process, right? Like you didn't hold a, you didn't hold an actual memorial service until months down the line. And mm-hmm. for some people it felt like, Oh good. I actually had this time to grieve and then can have a memorial where I really do honor their life. And we talk about the fun times where it's not as sad maybe. Um, whereas other people I think feel it's prolonging the grief in a bad way where you're waiting right. all these months to finally Um, I don't know, finally be not be done with it, but you know, put them to rest kind of thing. Yeah. So I think, I think it's like very personal to every single person. And that's, that's why it's really hard because there are these traditions, um, and people expect you to uphold them depending on your religion and, and your family's traditions, but it's not always, it doesn't always work for everyone. And you're, you're not only, um, it's really tough because you're not only taking, you're not really just necessarily taking yourself into consideration. You're taking into account what that um, uh, deceased person's wishes were as well. Right. Maybe they wanted a big party, but you're like, oh my gosh, like that's very overwhelming for me personally. You know what I mean? That's true. So that's true. There's not so to many mention, things you're dealing with. Not to
2: mention how expensive, a funeral oh is as well as wow. a burial as well as that whole entire process and talk about taking advantage I mean I understand like everybody needs to make a living but that's what my um I don't know like the whole debate between like cremation or a burial um it's just it's 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 kind of like a lot to to digest
1: yeah, I mean, I, I, I like, I we apologize ahead of time. This is the bit of downer episode, but like at the same time, I feel like this is a this is the episode we're talking about. I mean, you know? this is it's, the episode. surely this is the episode. But yeah, so um, I do, I I agree with you. I think it's really tough, especially for someone. It's tough on any age, but like Dawson dealing with all of this, uh, seemingly alone, at least in this moment. Yeah. Um, my heart goes out to it's him hard. because that's really difficult. Yeah. Um, it's really
2: hard, and like I said, I was the same. Almost, I, nearly the same exact age, within a year. I think I was, I was nineteen to Dawson's eighteen, yeah. and I was purposely kept away from these decision making, yeah, uh, practices. Yeah.
1: So. Um. So then we have Joey visiting PC on the boat, and apparently Dougie's been trying to get a hold of him, but PC hasn't been returning his calls. And Joey says Mitch is dead. It was a car accident. Uh. He says every. She says everyone is fine. It was just Mitch. He was alone. Um, it happened a couple nights ago and Pacey asks, how's Dawson doing? He says, he's not so good. Like his father is dead. Um, and Joe, they kind of connect on like saying dumb things, right? Like I've said a million stupid things over the past couple of days. And I, I really loved this interaction, Sarah, where we have Joey saying, you want to come with me like back to Cape side. And Pacey says, do you really think I should? Joey says, what are you talking about? And BC says, maybe he doesn't want me there. And Joey says, your father dies tomorrow. You're at a funeral. You look up and you see Dawson. Would that mean something to you? Would seeing one of your oldest friends mean something? And he says, okay, just give me five minutes. Yeah. I love that it was almost instantaneously he realized, wow, that's a really stupid question to ask.
2: Yeah, I think that he needed to put it into perspective. I think that he needs to, I mean, in a way, it's kind of like his own ego was getting in a way for a second. He's like, oh, like, I'm so... Such a big deal in a way, like yes. that. Like, I'm going to distract Dawson. But what Dawson really needs is it's really just turning around and seeing somebody that you know cares about you is around you don't have to say much to them they just need to know your presence is there that's the difference like that's what people really need in these times so yeah i do like the fact that pacey is just like okay i'm gonna drop everything i'm gonna put away this like book that i'm reading i'm gonna put some shoes on because he's shoeless pacey these days and he's out the door or out the boat off the boat
1: um meanwhile at the potter b &B, uh jen and jack are having a very similar conversation and jen says she's really nervous about seeing dawson she doesn't know what to say yeah (laughs) i love jack bringing a little bit of comedic grief he's like i don't think he expects you to give a speech uh and she's just saying i was tossing and turning like i don't know what to say and i love sarah that we're getting this perspective from jack where he has had a death in the family, and he talks about Tim, and I thought, like, wow, I love that. We're callback. getting, yeah, we're getting the callback, we're getting the continuity. One of our other shows is not so great with continuity. This show is really good with the continuity, and truly, truly, especially
2: because they've been tossed around with multiple different creators and
1: producers. Yes.
2: It, they do do a really good job with continuity.
1: Yeah, and I really love that we have a lot of different characters with different perspectives, right? Where we have Joey where her mom has passed, but it was a long a long illness. Um mm-hmm. And we have Jack where his uh Brother died and it was very Sudden it was very a similar situation
2: Was that was a car crash as well it correct It was yeah, yeah. And, and not so, for Nothing we still and they're never going To explain this but we still don't know what happened To Mrs. McPhee
1: no we, we I don't know that I I truly right. can't Tell you I don't know I'm going to assume That actually name. from this conversation That she's
2: alive but maybe in some Sort of facility because she where doesn't she, Say
1: anything because yeah.
2: he doesn't say like yeah like My dad passed away and my mom mom passed away like i know exactly what he's going through he doesn't say that so that makes me think that mrs mcphee is in some sort of like assisted
1: living situation yeah um but what he does say is that no one knew what to say when tim died you wouldn't believe some of the things people said to me but Mm -hmm. the thing is no matter what you say or what you do dawson is alone in this there isn't a word or a sentence in the english language that could take away the kind of pain he's dealing with Right. Um, as an only child,
2: especially as the eldest son, especially. Oh, he's not an only child anymore. Well, no, Sorry, but like
1: Lily. But, but in, in a way, he she's is. She's little. Yeah. She he's doesn't like, know. She's how old is this baby? Is like six months old, if that, right? This baby. Yeah. This baby is probably six months old, I would say. the tiny baby, darkest a, hair in the a land. A new baby. Yeah. <laughs> darkest hair in the land. Um, But Jack's, I like Jack's advice. He says, you got to figure out in your own way how you're going to be there for him. And I think like, I think that's totally fair. I think that, um, how I would like approach someone about their grief would be different than how you would approach someone about their grief. And I think that's totally fine because yeah, if you totally change who you are as a person, when you approach one of your friends, they're going to be like, why are you, you're being weird. You know what I mean? Right. I think like there is some comfort in you being yourself and figuring out what works for you. But more importantly, like what is going to work for the person that you're trying mm-hmm. to have this conversation with
2: that's great consistency, is. right? Because this is an upheaval in your life. So you need people that are constants.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So I really loved that they brought, I, again, I I think that there are some really thoughtful things they do with this episode. And I, Jack's response to Jen is one of, one of the things I've really, really liked. Um, so we see Dawson again, taking care of baby Lily. Um, he goes in to check in on Gail and she, we see, oh, this is like devastating. We see her like laying on top of the bed. Like, you know, like the bed isn't even, she's not even under the blankets. We see tissues Mm -hmm. kind of all over the bed. Dawson covers her with a blanket. This just like, this scene broke my heart just to see Gail in such a state, but also Dawson having to be the one that's like the caretaker, you know? Right.
2: Right. And, uh, you know, we're starting to form this story that Dawson hasn't had the opportunity to grieve like he might need to because he has to take on this responsibility. And I, I, I feel for him, but I'm glad like there's moments where he in the next scene, he takes a breather. He goes to bed. It's like you kind of learn that he might seem OK, but everything is just bubbling at the surface.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we he see we see him kind of sit on his bed. He looks really tired. And th- this scene does not work for me at all because it is Dawson Leary, played by James Vanderbeek, like who's like 27 years old. Yeah. <laughs> Frickin' Mitch walks in and he says, How does it feel to be 12 years old? And yeah. I think that's dialogue, exactly the, Dawson's dialogue and the way he's speaking, it's like he's putting on this voice of like a 12-year-old, but it's so weird.
2: Yeah, that's ex- exactly the same thing that takes me out of the scene. And that's, I think that this is the most, as you were saying, the most egregious flashback of the episode. I'm assuming that this could be the one. For me, it is, yeah. because it doesn't work with seeing James Vanderbeek portray a young preteen teenager boy with the excitement. It just takes me out of the situation. I think that if we found another blonde haired boy that was actually of the age of 12, I think that I could have really connected with the scene. But because um, because of like how they decided to execute it, it really just took me out.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. It's really uncomfortable. And like uh, he's like, oh, look in the closet. There's your gift. So um, it pretending it was a different scene and the way they do it I I would have liked it right we see Dawson get his first video camera I do like that I yeah think it's like a very sweet idea for a scene it's the execution that's the problem exactly I do really do like I totally agree with you I think that it is
2: really nice to learn that oh wow like you know It was Mitch who was, I mean, obviously, because who else is getting Dawson video cameras, but still, like, still, it was nice that, like, Mitch was the one that gifted Dawson a video camera on his 12th birthday. That is vital information, vital character context that we haven't had before. And I do think that's important information to know, like, oh, like, how did Dawson become who he was? That's the point of the scene. But because of, uh, and it's not like James Vanderbeek did a shitty job acting. It's just that he's clearly a grown ass adult playing a twelve year old, and it's kind
1: of like weird. Exactly. Exactly. No, I'm right there with you. I agree with everything you said. Um, we see Joey comes in. She enters. She enters and she hugs Dawson. She says, "Is there anything I can do?" And he says, "Can you watch Lily for a little while? I have to get to the funeral home." Um, and Joey, again, I feel like we've all been here. We've all been the Joey where like, she sees the suit and she says, oh, is that what you're going to wear? And he says, no, my dad's going to be buried in this. And she's so embarrassed. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I love Dawson just saying, it's okay. Like you, you wouldn't have known that. Like it's not, you know, but we've all been here. I think this tiny interaction is like a really good example of all of us feeling like we put our foot in our mouths, like, uh, you know, in this situation before. Yeah, exactly. I think that it's – it,
2: but it, it's kind of like she's walking on eggshells at this moment. And she doesn't realize that – I mean, some things that she might say might trigger Dawson. Most things that she says probably won't. Um, yeah. We obviously see the things that push Dawson over the edge uh, later in the episode. But uh, it, it's really, really hard. It's really hard, yeah. especially because you don't know – of what you can say that may or may not be inappropriate but yeah yeah um I don't know it's yeah. it's 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 really really hard I think that um Joey really feels helpless in the situation I think it's like kind of bad for I feel bad for her too because she probably thinks like frick like I am messing this up so bad I'm the one that's supposed to know how to help him like because yeah. I've known him for the longest and I've gone through this before like why am I like totally flubbing here like what is wrong with me and yeah she wants to be the perfect person for Dawson in this moment but Dawson can only really help himself in this moment
1: Yeah, this uh, we'll see it a little bit more at the end of the episode, but I really do think Joey is putting, as she usually does, a lot of pressure on herself, especially here where she's feeling so responsible for Dawson's well-being um, when, you know, there's only so much she can do. Like, he has to let her help. It's not as simple as her just being able to help, you know? Um and so yeah, then we get the kind of very slow montage of the actual funeral scene. We have Graham's holding baby Lily, and not to not to bash baby Lily, but baby Lily is really making about
2: her in this moment. She really is. Baby Lily
1: doesn't understand that this is a somber moment, and she needs to just sit the fuck down. Sit the fuck down, baby Lily. She is
2: wearing a bright purple sun hat and a light blue dress
1: it's yeah, like baby they not lily. like did they Why not have any you? black outfits for the baby
2: I don't, I don't know if there are a lot of black outfits out there for baby Lily.
1: although but i do agree like-, like wearing black to a funeral i don't know i i'm very much of the mind of like don't wear black to my funeral wear bright colors wear purple you know what i mean yeah, everybody I come so. in purple. oh then maybe baby lily got
2: it right um, no. baby, I don't. I just don't think that baby Lily had to. I don't know. Freaking poor baby, she, freaking baby Lily.
1: She was um, gonna be a nuisance no matter what. But maybe. Oh just don't no! Her just front her. Front was so she young, is. but oh yeah, but yes. Yeah. So then we go back to Dawson's house. You know um, who's where not here? Is. Fucking baby
2: Alexander and Bodie. Like, what are they too good to come to the funeral?
1: I guess so. Even though you know they're like known each other forever.
2: They're like, probably yeah. just looking out. They're like, we lost baby Alexander outside. We've been looking. <laughs> I love an opportunity
1: to get baby Alexander outside. Why wasn't he there? Um, I, don't
2: know. I don't
1: But know. I really, uh, I gotta, I gotta hand it to Grams too. I really loved her in this scene um, with Dawson where, like you said, Dawson has the baby. He says, you know what? It's kind of nice that no one approaches me with the baby. And Grams is like, okay, you know, I understand, um and uh and they have this conversation about like platitudes and how dawson keeps getting approached with all these like really awkward platitudes and i everyone thinks right everyone going into this scene is gonna say oh graham she's gonna spouse some stuff about god like dawson says the lord works in mysterious ways but i love i love that graham says you know what lord and i we aren't on speaking terms this week.
2: <laughs> We're ops this week. I have a kind of a stupid question to ask you is platitudes, the antonym to gratitude. Um, plat- is it the opposite. Um, no, Wait, I don't, I've never I, even heard of the word platitude before. I guess
1: like, is it a synonym for sympathies? It's yeah. So I Googled it just to get the actual definition. And it says like it's a remarker statement with moral content that's been used too often. So very mm. much like a they're in a better place now. Oh, got it. Now the and we're seriously. Relate- exactly. Yeah, the
2: the tropes. And how does that relate to latitude and longitude? Platitudes. <laughs> I
1: think they just end in ood. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs>
2: just wants to make sure
1: just ends in a nude but yeah I love this from grams because we all think she's gonna say something totally different and then she's just like you know what this is unfair you know what I mean and I really loved that I loved grams in this moment yeah yeah I I I did too I think that I, I think that she's
2: just she has grown herself so much in five seasons because I do think that grams a season one grams would have really just spout out a stereotypical platitude that is helpful for her but not necessarily for everybody else and i think that she has a realization that like some of the stuff is beyond her and beyond god like it's yeah. really just life is unfair and that's what it is like we don't need um a saying or i guess my new favorite word today is platitude
1: platitude to,
2: Yeah. uh to help the situation.
1: Um yeah, and then we get we get Joey's little flashback scene with Mitch. Um where this one, <laughs> this one uh this one makes me laugh because he's like, "Listen, you can't be climbing up that trellis, so you're going to hurt yourself." So instead of forcing you to use the front door like a normal fucking adult human, Instead I'm going to prop up a ladder Because there's absolutely no chance You could hurt yourself on the ladder
2: Tell me why once again I was like oh my gosh this is such an important Piece of Dawson's Creek Lore you because Mitch the was the one That put the ladder up Like I thought yeah. that, that was really like I, fe- I didn't know it was a question That I had but I do feel better That I haven't mm-hmm. answered where did the Ladder come from Mitch put it up because Joey kept climbing the trellis Like I feel like that's once again,
1: very vital information. I'm glad that I have now. I just like in the back of my head that he's probably like, You're hurting my fucking rose bushes. Like, get up on that ladder instead. Um, yeah. I mean, how do you feel since- about uh, Mitch yeah. being the one to kind of realize that like Joey is into Dawson first?
2: Well, I think as a parent, you, especially one that is this close, he's a very close. Parent to yes. his children and I think that um, he also played a role of a stay at home dad Probably because Gail was the career woman. She was the anchor woman. Yeah. Um, so I think that it makes sense that he was observant enough. Also, Mitch is notoriously very romantic, quite like Dawson is when he's not being the pessimistic fuck. So I think that I think that in his wildest dreams, he would have loved from an early age to see little Joey Potter from down the creek and Dawson. You know, fall in love and get
1: together. And I think that he's probably rooting for that for a really long time. Yeah. Um, Then we get the Jen and Dawson scene, which I really enjoy. Dawson's trying to decide between orange juice and whiskey. And Jen's like, well, wine's fine, but whiskey's quicker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's also says, what about narcotics? And she says, even better. (laughs) Even better. Where are we getting those from?
2: I actually think that this was a great scene as well. And Mm -hmm. it kind of informed. Even me, who has experienced a loss, it is still awkward for me to know what to say. And I think that this has taught me what the perfect thing to do and say in these situations are. Jen Lin Lee has taught me a lesson.
1: And I think that how
2: she has handled it is beautifully there's nothing that I can say and I don't know what to say but what I can do is tell you I'm here for you what I can do is tell you that I love you and I can give you a hug for as much and as long as you need it and I will be here for you and that's all you fucking need when somebody is grieving yeah. that's it in my yeah, opinion I
1: re- no I really loved um that uh I <laughs> I love when she says, I'm going to tell you, I love you, which is actually a pretty good deal. Cause that means I'll do anything on the off chance. It'll make you a little less sad. Yes. And yeah. I, I thought this was perfect. Um, of all of the approaches, um, I thought Jen's is the one that I would, and I don't know for sure, but I feel like Jen's is the one that I would probably appreciate most, um, it's probably what would be helpful for me if I was grieving or even like, uh, it, like the joking about the, the whiskey's quicker. I think that would give me a little laugh and that's probably what I would be looking for. Um, I really appreciate Jen here. I just think, again, I'm so impressed with her emotional intelligence. we've talked about this so many times, but I just think like, I love her honesty in saying like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. The only person I've lost is my grandfather. And like, we were kind of expecting that. Right. Um, yeah. And I just I just love it. Um, and then the next scene we get, we've we've seen them together before. We've had conversations about Joey and Gail's relationship and how Gail has said to her, you know, I've always thought of you as a daughter, um, and all of this. And what did you think of their their conversation here involving uh, Mitch?
2: Um, I think it was I think that I, I, I did like it because I do think that Dawson really is a good representation of Um, His father, in terms of Mitch and Dawson are both dreamers. Mitch and Dawson are both romantics. I think that it is probably very comforting for Gail to hear that Mitch will live on in her son. um, And the best of Mitch will live on in her son. And I also think that it's important for these two women who are the most important, um, not only women, but probably um, people in Dawson's life to kind of check within each other like is our boy doing okay and what could we do because he's really like five seconds away from having a meltdown
1: yeah I think uh one of the moments that did make me laugh a little bit is we talk about continuity And I love Joey being like, listen, you guys loved each other so much. You always gazed at each other with, like, love in your eyes. And I'm like, we're just going to forget about the two seasons where they were, like, on the verge of divorce, I guess. Hey, (laughs) hey. Gail made a mistake. She
2: begged and pleaded for Mitch to take her back. Mitch was being a little whiny baby, which is also very much Dawson Leary, <laughs> if we have to be honest. <laughs> and he was like, "I." He was like, "I don't forgive you." Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I mean, if you think about it, it is two years out of what, like, twenty five years. Yeah, they had no. Wait, it's a little bump. good a, years. It's a bump in the road. I just thought it was very funny. <laughs> you um, know, we're just gonna forget about all that. I mean, honestly, to me, like, I kind of wish that. I guess that this is like a good time to bring up like my biggest issue with the getch stuff is yeah. that i wish that the cheating scandal never really happened in the two seasons of will they won't they get divorced didn't happen especially if we're gonna lose um mitch this early and i honestly wish that baby lily it just makes me so sad to think that baby lily is like never going to know of her father i know that they talk yes. about this Later on in the episode, but um, I kind of wish that they handled Gitch differently. I would have rather had like five seasons of them just like fucking on the coffee table more so than all the...
1: Yeah. They just needed a way to make it like dramatic. Um, But we didn't need that. No, I agree. We didn't, but back then it was not just about the teens. It was about the adults too. And so, yeah, I'm with you though. I didn't need that either. And (laughs) yeah, having baby Lily be like a massive storyline of like Gail's pregnant and now baby Lily doesn't have a dad makes it 10 times sadder than if it was just Dawson. I mean, obviously it's very sad if it's just Dawson, but like, like, uh, like, uh, Gail says at one point, like, she's never gonna know, like, her dad properly, you know? Um, yeah. And this is really sad. I agree with you. I wish we didn't have that Good story thing line. they have heaps
2: and heaps and heaps of, uh, of, uh, home movies that they can so show So many Lily. <laughs> movies. Yeah. Baby Lily's like, I don't need to see this <laughs> one video of
1: dad anymore, and I don't want to watch the sex tape either. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, So then we get Pacey and Dawson having a conversation. And this is like the first time they're seeing each other um, since when Pacey left. Yeah. Uh, And he, Pacey says, my summer was good. It cleared my head. And Dawson mentions dropping out of film school and Pacey doesn't understand. He's like, why? Um, And Dawson just says, it's a long story. Um, And I, I do also like Pacey's approach. I think this is like a fine approach where he says, I'm really sorry. I wish I had something better to say to you, but that's what it boils down to I'm really really sorry um and Dawson just quickly shifts the conversation to apparently they were smoking in the sixth grade
2: and I was like
1: what Hmm, sixth grade sixth grade's Mm. pretty young it's very young to smoke
2: a cigarette yeah we weren't hanging I think it was like 10th grade when we started hanging out in like back alleys and doing nefarious things such as smoking oh my cigarettes we <laughs> I always mean, remember i was like the parking lots and the the train why are you asking
1: me remember as
2: if i ever was doing anything in back
1: alleys. You, you didn't hang out in any back alleys no i didn't was I, the first
2: time you tried a cigarette
1: i honestly don't know that i've ever smoked a cigarette
2: no um no you, you i haven't tried a cigar
1: tried it? one time
2: Oh, nasty ass! Yeah, we cigars saw my dad's are cigarettes disgusting. know I mean, my it, dad's cigars. It yeah. tasted
1: like pepper, is what I remember. Yeah, it's nasty. Um, but yeah, no, I never, I just never had an interest in cigarettes. They always looked yeah. disgusting to me.
2: I don't think that I've smoked more than one pack in my entire life. Yeah, but here and there the last time i had a cigarette it was my friend's wedding i was the drunkest i've ever been in my entire life like i've never been that drunk and i haven't been that drunk since and we were smoking we had a cigarette she had like a fucking newport or something which is the nastiest of all the cigarettes because typically i would only smoke a light because i'm a pussy but (laughs) (laughs) I remember I got so sick that night, not only from the amount I was drinking and there, there was pizza because she had like a pizza party wedding and the cigarette. I was puking all damn night. And guess what? I didn't have my own hotel room. I stayed over at like some friend's room. Oh, that is not a good guest. I'll tell you that much for free.
1: No, definitely not. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And
2: well, yeah. Haven't smoked since. <sighs> and that was back in, I don't know, 2017, 20, something like that. I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now I'm smoke free. I have you go. great lungs. I got to tell you that. I can blow up so many balloons. So <laughs> many balloons. Great
1: lungs.
2: I do. What a flex. I have great lungs. I really do. I okay. Up, how many how long can you, you hold up? your breath if you had to hold One your breath? One time I oh. had to blow up a six-foot penis all by myself for a bachelorette party.
1: I wish you had left off for a bachelorette party. <laughs> One time I had to blow up a six-foot penis. Yeah, and I had tendon. to. Yeah, and wow. I did it all by you myself because That's my lungs penis. were so good.
2: I know, and all of that air came out of my lungs because I only smoked and less than into 20 the penis. cigarettes. In my life, yeah,
1: yeah. Um. So yeah, Mitch got pissed that they were smoking. Oh, of course. Um, and uh, and so uh, so he leaves. He says, "Oh, it was good seeing you." They have a nice little hug moment. Um. And yeah, Dawson goes uh, goes back inside. And like, I I love that Pacey like hangs on to him for a sec when they hug, like really yeah. trying to get through to him. Like, I'm here for you, man. You know what I mean? You can feel yeah. the vibes. I love that. We've we talked about this before. Uh, that no matter what happens, I feel like they'll always end up being there for each other, which I really love.
2: I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. I think that there's I ooh, I was like extremely concerned about this whole Joey thing, but
1: it didn't maybe it not, came up it comes up a little bit and maybe that episode. not
2: that big of a deal. Um, um now yeah. now there's this bitch who I
1: ooh
2: don't love her i want to rage this is this like friend or oh, susan i'm an old friend of your Who mother's the college fuck
1: is susan
2: um yeah a deadhead friend i don't know what great a grateful dead a grateful dead friend they used to go to great grateful dead concerts so um and Ooh. she kept pushing and pushing and be like how are you dealing with it do you have a support system like are you keeping it all inside where are you channeling your feelings and it was kind of like the spanish inquisition and i was like bitch you don't know him for nothing like why are you asking so many questions and dawson was trying to create his boundaries and say i don't want to be rude but i really don't want to talk about this with you
1: this is fucking insane to me a stranger A stranger. It's It's just like no, no. I'm some. I'm your mom's old friend from college. Oh, the one who I've like almost never heard of, except for in passing. Of like, oh, you're just some crazy deadhead person. I don't know. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, this is none of your business. And not only that, it puts him so on edge that then the phone rings and it goes to voicemail, and Mitch's voice is heard on the answering machine, and Dawson. Uh, kind of flips out and he's like trying to get the machine to stop but it's not and he like rips it out of the wall everyone's staring at him and jack approaches him and dawson's just like i'm fine i'm fine honestly i would be on edge too if i had to deal with fucking susan on my back about my grief well i think it's like he got held
2: hostage in this conversation that he was clearly not comfortable about and i think that he was not expecting to hear this answering machine message and his father's voice right in the situation and i think that once again everything has been bubbling for probably days now and this is what set him off edge the worst of it is that there's 70 people in this fucking house yeah staring at him in his most vulnerable moment get the fuck out of my house god truly damn it. truly get out you know um, you've had <laughs> grams's Cookies and salad. That's
1: enough. You're out of here, all of I you. I legitimately thought you said you've had Grams's cookies. That was like, who is getting a quickie from Grams? No, <laughs> no, Grams
2: is not giving a cookie. She, <laughs> she she baked cookies her and the baked, Lord are really her on the made she's salad. She's giving out cookies this week. <laughs> no, no cookies. I mean. the um i'm sure that the dark room underneath the scare stairs is a a pretty good place to have your quickies but no cookies cookies um
1: yeah so let's go to a quick commercial break before we come back and talk about (laughs) before we have our quickies before we have our let's go to a quickie commercial break we'll be right back Okay, we're back. Um, uh, Dawson is out on, uh, as always, when you're grieving, when you're sad, you go on the docks. You yeah, go on and the pier. This is
2: actually a good place to be. Yeah,
1: and Joey approaches him. Um, and uh, And he says, like, yeah, that wasn't a great moment. And so she tries to relate it to a moment she had when after a few months after her mom had passed, she was going through her kitchen and she found a grocery list that had all these, like, doodles that her mom had written. And she just cried for hours. Um, and she says, if what just happened to you in there had happened to me back then, I would have run away screaming. And Dawson, this is when we get like Dawson saying, like, I can't do that. Like I have to keep it together. Um, my mom's a wreck. Like I have to keep it together. And I love Sarah. I love Joey saying she's allowed to be a wreck. And so are you. Mm-hmm. I love yes Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Feel your feels. You don't have to keep it in. Yeah. And she says, I'll make you a deal. You take care of your mom and I'll take care of you. And that's a good deal. Yeah. yeah this makes good. sense. Yeah. Um, But Dawson says like, you know, when your mom died, I was there for you. I felt really bad, but I had no idea. This is what it feels like. I feel like I'm in an alternate universe where I'm walking around outside my body. Yeah. Joey says it'll get better. Um, And this is when we hear from Dawson that he thinks his father's death is his fault.
2: Yeah yeah uh i think that when you're grieving your brain does crazy things including um i think that you feel very out of control and the fact that dawson was able in his mind the only thing that makes sense and to put things back into his own control is to blame himself and i think that that's what he's doing here not to be an armchair um therapist or whatever but that's what i think it is
1: no, I'm with you. I think like uh it's 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 easy for him to make the connection of like oh, if I hadn't showed up that morning, my mom wouldn't have made me breakfast. We wouldn't have been out of milk. My dad wouldn't have been driving. Also, on top of that, like he was probably driving and he was pissed off at me because we saw Mitch in the like in the vehicle. He was singing. He was, oh, having a wonderful was in time. the
2: best mood. He was having he had his ice cream. Ice cream cone he was singing the Beat boy song he yeah, was uncle having cracker. his cracker life <laughs> was this is uncle cracker that's the, that's the name of that's the singer yeah. he was living the his best fucking life with his groceries and his ice cream cone it is vanilla ice cream's fault why truly mitch is dead not <laughs> dawson uh and he has not you know had what? ice cream since i watched this episode never again <laughs> I shall not eat the vanilla ice cream that killed Mitch. Yeah, no ice cream ever again. Yeah. Anti-vanilla ice cream and all ice
1: cream in general. Yeah. Uh and so yeah, he says if uh I was a spoiled brat, if I listened to him, he would have been driving me to the airport instead of driving to his death. Um we get I really like the I, I don't know something about this episode and the different pairings we get. I really kind of love how they're pairing off all these different characters. Because yeah. we get it. this is like the most bang for your buck in terms of different characters paired together mm. in an episode. Yeah. This is like the um the widows club. What we got the widows club. Yeah, yeah. Graham's and Gail. Um, and Graham says that uh I had I prayed that the God the god the good Lord would take me first. I never wanted to go on without him. I didn't think I could, but I did. It wasn't easy, but there's a day that it isn't as bad as it was the day before. And yeah. I love how Gail says, and what until then? And Graham says, that's what prescription medication is for. Hey! Yes, girl!
2: We're pro Zoloft over here. We stand a sure. mental
1: health queen.
2: Yep. Yep. Got to get it when you can. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I like how Graham's is like, I'm here for you. Like, I know what you're going through. I'm here for you very good you're right like the pairings the different pairings and pairings is very good we've seen pretty much like every single pairing possible
1: yeah yeah I really love this I just think like um I I appreciate you Gail saying like I wish I still lived next door like I can stay for a while I can help out with Lily mm-hmm. and Gail says no we need to we need to do this ourselves um mm-hmm. but she, I and I just, she could have accepted
2: the help if she needed to but yeah
1: I think that like it's one of those things where it also could be like um, you can be your truest self when you're alone and it may feel like awkward to cry and grieve in front of others and it may make it worse. I don't know. It all depends on how Gail feels about it. Um, but I do love, uh, Graham saying that you better pick up the phone. I love Michelle's her young lady too. I just think it's so sweet. And she says, we marry widows have to stick together. Yeah. Uh, very, very sweet. I, I really love this. I don't know. I'm, I love Graham's like kind of putting, taking her under her wing. You know, she's experienced this, not mm-hmm. exactly this, but something like it, something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, then After the whole, uh, like, memorial service is over, uh, Dawson's in his room, um, and Joey says, like, I can stay as long as you want me here, Um, and Dawson says, no, you should go back to school, and she's like, school doesn't matter, but he, like, insists, he's like, I just want to be alone, like, he's, like, very, like, forceful with it, and I think she feels like, I don't know, like, she's failed, like, she hasn't been able to support him properly.
2: Yep, yeah, she feels very helpless, in the situation she feels like she's not being not being a good enough friend not being a good enough almost partner they're kind of in this no man land situation right now between the two of them i think that she thinks it's her job to make him feel better and i'm sure that she feels kind of guilty that's not happening um so i think that you know i i once again another conversation between another duo between pacey and joey in the next conversation and she is kind of you know talking out you know this is like really tough and it's because like dawson is like blaming himself and this is the scene where where um because uh, where Uh, Pacey comes to the realization that something is going on something's going on yeah and he does not flip out he goes you know what you can tell me I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get mad I'm not gonna say anything it's about time that you two had your time to shine very mature from Pacey do you believe
1: it um I do I think okay we have seen that when Pacey is on a boat. When he's like free. Oh, he just likes his boat. That's he, it. Yeah. Like he he gets this like calm. This peacefulness yeah. about him. When yeah. he's doing that kind of thing. And not that a, a summer is going to, um, you know, reverse the feelings he had for Joey. Right. But I think that like in this moment, it's kind of like he's seeing past that he's very he's matured in a way now I'm sure part of him is heartbroken but I appreciate that even if that's true that he is masking it in this moment right he just says oh and then he just kind of was like I get it he's like it's okay you can tell me like I'm not gonna get upset um and I just I don't know I really like the side of Pacey I feel like this is the antithesis of season four Pacey that we talked about you know what I mean sincerely what yeah. do you do you think he's being sincere here do you think he's dying on the inside uh
2: no i think at this very moment as he says these words he's believing what he says however i think that if he sees uh joey and dawson mac in it uh he i think that those emotions are going to come up later on with jealousy and yeah despair but i i do think that at this moment he's being sincere i think that he is kind of at peace which is great for him but i just don't find it sustainable um because right now it's just talk right so yes it's well, like that if he sees is, it in front of him then it's it's real
1: well that's the thing too is he's no longer stuck in Side. like yeah he's in boston where joey is but it's not in front of his face like it is if you go to school every day and you're seeing it correct and yes. he does say like i I like his point of you know what you two never really got your shot uh and this is it the world could use so many romeo and Juliets, which did he finish that story um because (laughs) well maybe he did and he really (laughs) would like them both to die at the end
2: (laughs) like if you two wanted to be together no problem but please be dead by the end of it
1: yeah um so no i i've again another pairing that we get this episode and i really liked their interactions i felt like it felt very mature of pacey regardless yeah. of how he's truly feeling to at least say these words correct um and then we get uh, the last flashback or sorry second to last flashback scene where uh mitch is setting up dawson's crib um right. and it's it's all about like oh i've never let you down have i and she says no you haven't I, this one was kind of like it was fine i it don't was know. mid yeah, it was mid. It was mid. we did slowly getting
2: mid off the ground yeah. here. I didn't have feelings for nor against it. It,
1: it was just, it, yeah, it was there. It was fine. Yeah. Um. And uh. And yeah. So this is when Dawson comes in the room, kind of snaps scale out of it. Um, and uh and he they have this conversation about like Lily will never know he existed. And Dawson's like, that's not true. Like I'm gonna tell her every chance I get all about her dad.
2: No.
1: Um, and uh Dawson says to his mom, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. My place is here with you and Lily. Um and Gail says, like, you you don't have to be strong. Like you can fall to pieces. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, and Dawson says, Sarah, he's numb um Mm, which he says is quote unquote really not so bad yeah so i I, think like he's just this is what is happening right like yeah just a matter of
2: time yeah truer truer words uh cannot be more spoken i think that feeling numb at times is your is kind of the safest place to be because that means that you don't have to feel all the feelings feeling numb sometimes feels best if you feel nothing nor not happiness nor sadness you just feel numb that's safe uh so I can definitely relate to that that feeling of just chasing the numb feeling um yeah it's, it's uh
1: it's it feels very... like a step b to like denial in like the grief stages oh absolutely you know
2: absolutely. what I mean like you're he, is, he's not but... denying
1: that his dad is dead it's just more like his feelings haven't caught up to that fact yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I
2: was numb to my father's death for a really long time. I often talk about how I really don't think that I dealt with it until like eight, 10 years after he died. I think that I was living in very numb land. I think that, I mean, I think that, uh, subconsciously I was acting out. I know I was acting out, uh, at times and, you know, partially because of my dad's death. But um, in in my present mind, I was just like, nah, I'm like not dealing with that. I'm numb. Yeah. So uh, I think that I obviously like behoove anybody who's going through grief to go seek a counselor or a therapy, um, even if you're not feeling that desperately sad, because I think that's better to deal with things up front than wait 10 years kind of like I did to deal with it but uh, that's just like my own piece of the pie my own thoughts
1: I mean I think this is is like a very like natural reaction for for anyone to have though right for like at least for the first Mm -hmm. bit is to feel like I have too much on my plate I don't I don't have time to feel these feelings I'm too busy I'm too overworked I'm looking out for other people to shove those feelings down, I think it's just such a normal reaction. Mm-hmm. And like, I really love that we get the full circle moment at like the end of the episode, which we'll talk about, um, where it, it, it obviously took it eight years for Dawson to like, finally have a good cry about it. But like, yeah. um, it always does come crashing down to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Those feelings are going to catch up to you. Um, we get the last flashback with Mitch teaching Pacey how to drive, um, we find out like the reason he's teaching him is because his dad had to work. Um, and, uh, PC says, I wish he was around more. And Mitch says, you ever need any practice? You just come knock on my door. Um, and this one was fine. Like, again, I think it's not bad that they did it. It's just like, I mean, they're retreading territory. We kind of already knew about where like PC's dad sucks and isn't (laughs) Uh around. I don't think that's the lesson here. I think the lesson is, is that even
2: though Mitch's, um, that Mr. Witter is unavailable for Pacey, I don't think that I don't think it had anything to do with uh, how uh, how busy Mr. Witter was for work. I think it was that he just has no um, time for her, his son. Uh, in uh, in like the capacity of like he doesn't really care. But uh, at the end of the day, Mitch was there for Pacey. And I think that's the lesson.
1: Well, that's the thing is he's he's there for all of the kids, right? Like yeah. I think that's, he was like a community dad in in some ways. And I don't yeah. think the show was always the best at showing us that. I think it, the show really excelled at showing us the relationship between Dawson and Mitch. Um, I think yeah. these are all kind of new feelings of like, We've seen a little bit of Joey and Gail kind of bonding, but we haven't seen a ton of like Mitch and the other kids. Um, and I'm glad it wasn't overused. Like I'm glad we didn't get like a Jen scene and a Jack scene and like a everybody. Yeah, scene. Because I'm it glad makes it was more just sense. The three. Yeah, and
2: it, that's it's the three of them because they have been kids in Cape Side the whole time. Um, exactly. Also, like, why did we not get any really, really helpful uh, guidance counselor scenes between Mitch <laughs> and Pacey? They had so many really good memories. Out.
1: Really missed out.
2: Yeah, really missed out on that one.
1: That's for sure. <laughs> um, so the next day, Pacey comes over and he says, hey, man, how you doing? And Dawson just says, he's still dead. It still sucks. Yeah. And, like, really real, right? Like, yeah, yep. it's true. Um. And so he says, we're going to go for a ride. And... So I want to know your thoughts on what PC does here, bringing Dawson Mm. to the scene of the accident, telling him in detail exactly what happened.
2: I do think that it's things that Dawson wants to hear. I think that being this close to the site of the accident is a little too fresh for my liking. However, maybe, maybe, maybe for others, it would be okay I don't know, I guess I'm generalizing like, oh, like maybe for a guy, it would be okay. I don't know for me, it's just too much. I do think that it's very helpful for Dawson to hear all the details of like you know this guy was driving after he was really tired, and like he yada, 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 like I guess these are details that Dawson doesn't know about from the accident,
1: yeah, um, I also found this really interesting because like. We were shown it as like Mitch reached down to grab an ice cream lump off the ground and then I assumed was in the other lane, was driving in the left-hand lane and hit head-on with someone. Mm. Turns out that was totally, it doesn't even matter, pertain to the story because it was this guy who fell asleep and crossed his own line and hit Mitch head-on. And the reason Mitch couldn't like swerve is because he was picking up the ice cream cone. <laughs> whatever i hate the ice
2: cream it's It it's so makes me stupid st- i just wish
1: that like why did they have to include this ice cream thing i think that they i think we talked about this last episode they like regretted that was like the cause um it's but apparently so dumb kevin williamson who is as we know like the creator of the show he's watched this episode and he's really he really really likes it he says like yeah. he appreciates like the dedication that they gave like to to mitch and like kind of how they saw him off but yeah i also agree when i saw this scene i was a bit like oh pacey that's like very harsh like it feels very tough lovey to but bring johnson needed that hey, listen different strokes for different folks right like yeah. it just feels like a lot to be like I know your dad just died like a few days ago but we're gonna go to the scene of his accident and I'm gonna tell you exactly how it happened I do like the speech Pacey gives where he's like listen this is not your fault it's not your fault you got your father for 18 years he made you into a man like he did a hell of a job like people respected him people loved him um and he's and I I do like that at the end of this whole speech he does say once upon a time, we were best friends. That means whenever you need me, I'm here, anytime, anywhere, any place, forever. Like I like that. I just think that you don't necessarily need to bring him to the scene. I know. At all. I gotta
2: tell you. So I have um an extremely close friend of mine who uh lost her fiance, and I know exactly where uh in a uh, car accident situation i know exactly where this accident happened and i can't pass that spot and so i sometimes i have to because it's on a highway of which i have to po- uh, i have yeah. to pass i can't pass that spot without being haunted by this tragedy and i hate passing it i hate doing it i can't imagine how she feels when she has to pass that spot cuz once again A very prominent piece of road on the highway that you have to pass if you need to get from A to B. Um, I don't love it. Like, I don't love passing it. It really haunts me every single time. Um, And I don't know. Like, I don't know how Dawson feels about it. Like, maybe you need to just get it out once and never pass again. I don't know how prominent this piece of road is. Like, every single time he has to go pick up milk from this, like, sketchy little market does he have to be on that road this it's market terrible. looks like the
1: exact same market that they went to for like the prom thing yeah. and there was like a serial killer on the loose i mean cape side small there's not a dozen seven i would assume on they corner. have to pass this road like if, they're, if, if mitch is going to like a corner market to get milk i assume like they're going yeah. on this road a lot that blows i don't
2: have to go to the hospital that my father passed in i haven't been there and i will not go there like i mean that's like a terrible memory of mine but i yeah. I like really empathize the fact that like he has to like pass that road all the time he has to go to the freaking corner store later in the episode it's a lot
1: yeah yeah no i agree i think it's a little bit too much i mean who knows maybe it works for dawson and like maybe we have to trust that like Um, PC knows knows
2: what Dawson can or cannot handle.
1: Exactly. Um. But regardless, I really love that PC has the thought to do this right and like wants to reiterate to Dawson like this is not your fault. Like there's no way this is your fault at all. Um. And then we wrap things up. We get um. We wrap Joey's story up where she's back at school. Um. She's with Audrey in her dorm. And um, and they're talking about Mitch and Audrey asks how Dawson's doing, and he says he doesn't want anything to do with me. I thought I'd be able to help him. I thought I would be this incredible resource because I've been there. He didn't want anything from me. He didn't even just want to sit there in silence. He wanted me out of his sight. And she just starts crying. And like, yeah, you have to imagine the amount of pressure she's putting on herself to be that yeah. source of comfort. Because when she looks back at when her mom passed. We've heard her say this before that like Dawson was her person like Dawson comforted her. He made her made her feel so much better. And I feel like she feels like she's failed him in that way, which is really sad. And it's not really on her. You know what I mean? No, no. But I
2: can understand why she's putting that pressure on her. Like if any, she's probably just thinking like if anybody knew what he was going through, it should be me. I should be the one that fixes it.
1: Yeah. Uh, And Audrey does try to comfort her A little bit which good job Audrey Being a good friend Um, But yeah poor Joey she's just She's a little bit of a mess Um, She's going through it everybody is We watch this really sad like moment With Gail and Mitch Or excuse me Gail and Dawson like eating dinner Mitch is or Gail is Oh my god I keep saying Mitch Gail is like Cutting up her food and then she just is like like, She's like I can't even eat this right So she puts it on the counter Dawson hasn't even touched his food Gail gets out the milk carton, realizes it's empty, asks Dawson to go get some milk because they're out. And they both have this realization at the same time of like, oh, that's like what Mitch was doing when he died. And yeah, he like freaks out. She throws the milk away. She's like sobbing at the sink. And you can see Dawson just has this like, I'm trying to think of the way to say it without it coming off like I'm judging him, but like very like robotic. Like I've done this before. This is my role of like mom cries, I go comfort her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's doing it methodically. Like this is my role now.
2: He's still feeling like a little dead inside at this at this point. Numb mm. is the words that he used.
1: Yeah. So it,
2: it's kind of like he is like I have to push anything that I'm feeling in this moment way down. Come for my mom. Be the man in the house. Pick up the milk. Take care of my uh, my my sister, uh, my baby sister, uh, while my mom sobs at the sink. How helpless must he feel that his mother is sobbing at the sink? Like you know, they have a very close relationship as well. Um, it's a really awful situation, and the most he can do is like go out and get the milk at the same exact place. That his father went to the night he passed away. Yeah. Probably go down the same exact road to pick up the same exact piece of grocery. And he gets there and he's speaking to uh the little shop Miss, owner. Yeah, Mr. Brennan is his and name. I,
1: owner.
2: Mr. Brennan kind of inadvertently does a huge favor for Dawson Ugh, because there's like does. a lot of questions about how Mitch was feeling that night towards Dawson and what he was feeling like in general what his general mood was and Mr. Brennan basically is like he was so proud of you he was so proud of you he thought the world of you he thought that you had like you know a good head on your shoulders a romantic streak like a mile long like all all these like really really amazing things that that Dawson really needed to hear yeah. And Mr. Br- I don't think that Mr. Brendan really knew what he was doing this moment, but I think that it was life changing for Dawson.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He says, like, if I figured if someone says that about you, you should know it. Like, I think Dawson has been living this past, let's say, week, just for, you know, easiness of thinking my dad was so disappointed in me when he died. And possibly he was upset and that was the reason he got in the car accident and that is why he died and then he just gets this moment of and he the thing is is this is not a friend this is not a Mm -hmm. family member this is not someone who has any reason to make something up right this is not someone who is yeah maybe he's he's being a nice person and trying to make Dawson feel you know better but that is not his sole goal you know what I mean so Dawson has no reason not to trust that Mr. Brennan is telling the truth here Mm -hmm. and I think this is what he needed is he needed someone to say not oh he's in a better place or things happen for a reason or any of those platitudes right he's saying he was so freaking proud of you his face lit up when I brought you up to him he loved you and like that is exactly what Dawson needed to hear like the oh yeah the relief like you can almost see it when Dawson gets in that car he checks he finishes checking out um and he gets in the car with the milk and he just breaks down and Break, you can yeah. almost like uh, James Vanderbeek does a lovely job in this scene because you can like see the the relief i, I don't know if i want to call it relief but like this like release almost
2: release i like the yeah. word release because yeah. it implies both it's a sense of relief but also all the buildup that he's been feeling yes for all this time let go i think that release is a beautiful word and a way to put it because it really is just he's just letting the floodgates open Mm-hmm. And in every sense of the word, because not only is he crying, which is the first time we've seen him cry, but also um, the emo- he's a letting himself feel the emotion and he's living with the emotion in yeah. this moment. And it hurts. It's not easy to let yourself feel all this hurt and all this emotion, but he's letting himself feel feel it in this moment and he just is in the car and crying and it's what he needed and it, he it, it's kind of like you know he's doing this on his own it's a very um personal and internal thing and yeah. once again like I mean I'm a very easy crier as we always talk about yeah but, like when I'm in like my deepest hurt I'm dealing with this always by myself like, yeah. you, you mean, like, you know, I go to Jessica when I'm, like, whining and crying about, like, things that are, like, not that important. <laughs> but when I'm, like, feeling, like, my deepest hurt and my deepest feel- feels, I'm like, Dawson, I need to be alone to do it. Yeah. Um. Or thankfully, I found a therapist that I really trust and she, oh God, she's making me do this thing where she like, if I get upset about something, she like makes me stay in it, stay oh, in, no. the, in yeah. the emotion. And it's miserable because I spend my entire life trying to push down all this crap. Yeah, She's making me bring it up. And she's so. making me stay there. And, um, yeah. but yeah, like it, this is where he, where he is. He's not. Using these moments to push it down, he's just laying it all out, and it's quite beautiful. James Vanderbeek really does. I'm very impressed by the James Vanderbeek because everybody, I mean, I think that most people just know him from Dawson's Creek. Oh, he's in this silly teenage show. This show is not a silly teenage show.
1: I thought it was. It is not. It, it, it is just not. it goes it makes you feel emotions like in such mm-hmm. a deep way and i also really appreciate that like it covers the spectrum you know what i mean you get your yeah. high highs you get your low lows i yeah. think it's really delicate this episode was delicately handled for the most part um regarding mitch's death and i really appreciate that about it yeah. and i like also, how we i also do all my best crying in the car
2: just there you go you just relate to Dawson on so many levels I, it's pretty sick but I do <laughs> I do I know I'm supposed to hate him everybody hates him but I really
1: don't think I hate him like I think no. I, I think would. last season we found like a really good Dawson season and so we don't know maybe season five will also be a good Dawson season so far so good yeah yeah we'll see um but we we end the episode we get like this montage we get Gail feeding Lily like smiling as she feeds her Graham's okay. just like Hold on. Yeah. Stop down one okay. second. Tell me why Gail is,
2: oh, oh, I know why she's feeding that baby apple juice yeah. or beer. It was because... apple juice. What do you mean beer? Yeah. It was apple but juice. That baby
1: is so young. She can't have juice yet. This I is guess the nineties, bitch. Milk...
2: I guess because the milk has not arrived yet. Yeah, baby Dawson. Lily
1: is fucking thirsty.
2: <laughs> give her water. Why are you giving her apple juice? Babies are because not this allowed was to the have 90s apple juice. And her people didn't Little know. baby teeth are rotting out of her head. That's your, why. Here's your baby it's... teeth will fall out anyway. No, it's too <laughs> sugary for babies. You can't give.
1: Baby's apple juice. Mother fricker. I couldn't I mean, believe it. This was the 90s. You know, people were probably still putting, like, alcohol on baby's gums to make quiet them down. Wow. Okay,
2: If anything, and I would never do this, some people make juice essence, which is mainly water and a drip of juice. Yeah, I've heard of that before, too. Gave, give the baby water. Like, what the heck? Don't give your baby apple juice. I was
1: revolted. Oh, my God. Um... But yeah, so we see that montage. Grams is looking through a photo album, like reminiscing. We see the Creek Creeps are getting together for dinner. They have a seat open for Dawson. Um, Obviously, he's not going to be joining them. But I like that it shows the different types of grieving. Sometimes you're alone. Sometimes you're yeah. with friends. You know, like the reminiscing, it, it can occur in groups or alone. Yeah. Um, and we get this final scene of the moment they take this photo that we saw earlier, where they take a photo. Dawson's like, all right, I got to run. Um, and Mitch is just like, oh, no drinking and driving. Um, and Mitch is just like, we get this Mitch moment where he's just like a 360 looking around, yeah. like all his whole house and his fancy land. Yeah. Taking it, taking it all in, taking the Creek in
2: yeah. his home for goodness knows how long, uh, the yeah. life that he built, the home that he made, just taking it all in, um, breathing in
1: the Cape side air. Yeah. It's quite poetic Um, i like this episode i think like we talked about how the flashbacks maybe didn't necessarily work for us at least the way they executed them but i would say wholly speaking i think it does a really good job at addressing grief in different forms how friends grieve with other friends like i really just appreciated this episode it's not like my favorite in terms of like it's really sad right like and i tend to like the more like wild and crazy forms of dawson's creek but i think they did a good job with it
2: I do too. Uh do you think that baby Lily ruined the family photo because
1: baby she Lily did. seems to ruin a lot of things? <laughs> <laughs> baby Lily ruined the family it was such
2: a everybody looked good but baby lily looks like look i
1: am a paid actress and i don't yeah. know
2: who these are she's like
1: someone get me my fucking oshkosh bagash, or i'm not performing but it at least pissed. she has a blanket around her which she normally does so at least she's warm and she's warm unlike baby alexander who's literally never Crazy. warm Crazy. um but yeah that was our episode Um, I know it's a little awkward. We're coming back off of like vacation and everything, but we'll be back, of course, weekly from here on in. We have a little bit of a time off here. But do you want to know what next week's episode is titled? Yeah, I do. Use your disillusion. That means nothing to me. I know. It doesn't make a lot of sense. (laughs) But I'm looking forward
2: to watching it. I'm looking forward to, um, figuring out what's what happens next
1: yeah um yeah we'll see where we go from here i mean right now dawson's planning on staying home with gail and the baby mm-hmm.
2: and we
1: know that like the rest of the Creek creeps are in boston currently grams is in boston so correct we'll see what happens next correct yeah Fantastic. so um, yeah thanks
2: jess i know we take a little break because of the vacay blah 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 but Very looking forward. Also, um, you know what? Uh, We are covering for the month of October. I know what you did last summer, which famously Kevin Williamson, the
1: creator of
2: Dawson's Creek also produced or directed or created that movie.
1: Yeah. And uh, we're not, obviously, we're not getting into it here, but I will say I could feel the vibes. I could feel the vibes too. Yeah. I truly, I'm really excited to chat about that one.
2: And of course, I mean, we can't bury the lead Dawson's Beach. Dawson's Beach. (laughs) (laughs) Beach. Yeah.
1: Love it. No, I'm really excited to cover that. that. And then, of of course, we'll have more November content coming up shortly because of course we're almost in November already. Who Can you believe it? Um, um besides that, just
2: catch us next week. We got uh Boy Meets World still trucking along. And uh I mean love like, I mean like find us at shit Pod pod on Twitter and Instagram, me at yeah. Sarah Ferguson. Jess is involved in a whole heap of stuff. Quantum yep, Leap, leapy just right? sterling.
1: Um quantum <laughs> leap. What no, Mystic Mystic River mythic quest what is wrong with you i'm gonna we're finishing up our coverage of reboot over on pusher recaps but then we're gonna be gliding right on into mythic quest which season three comes up in just a couple weeks but we're gonna go over seasons one and two first um and yeah community building is still on a little bit of a break we'll be back eventually and then of course catch sarah and i Um, on the Barney documentary podcast, crime scene over on Rob has a podcast. We're going to be retweeting, tweeting that that's coming out tomorrow. Um, so catch us on that, talking about our relationship with Barney and what we thought about that documentary that is on Peacock, right? I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah. P the Uh, Peacock. Yeah. Do you like your relationship with Barney? that you already have. (laughs) We should fight a giant Barney.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So check all of that out. Anything else you could think of, Sarah? No. I think that's everything. Check us out at shit 90s pod on Twitter and Instagram and shit We'll be back next week with episode five of season five of Dawson's Creek. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. Just ask. shit show taught me.